Our second reading today comes to us from the third chapter of the book of 1 Samuel, verses 1 through 10. It's on page 247 of the Pew Bibles. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The words of the Lord were rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you have called me. He said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, For your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we have come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Friends, there is a danger to writing your sermons in advance or even to starting your sermons in, in advance because sometimes that sermon changes. Um, people have asked me when I finish my sermons and I say Sunday morning because it's never really complete until it's given. The other danger is that you might think of a great story or joke to start out with that seems very in poor timing once it comes time to give the sermon. And that's the case today. Uh, the, I came, uh, it's an old joke that I wanted to start with, and I could not think of another way to start the sermon uh, as I thought about it. But what we want to take great sensitivity with everything going on in Texas with the floods, because the, the joke involves a man on a roof in a flood. It's one that you've no doubt heard about the man stuck on the roof as the floodwaters came in. And he looked around, and he was knew the water was rising, he knew he was trapped, and a neighbor came along in a boat with a ladder and said, here, climb into my boat, we'll get to safety. And the man said, no, no, the Lord will save me. And the neighbor went on. And the water continued to rise, and it got close to the roof line. And then a search and rescue boat came and said, come, get into our boat, we will rescue you. And he said, no, the Lord will save me. And the water grew higher and higher and night fell and the water was up to his waist. And then he saw a shining light in the sky like an angel. But he realized it was simply the searchlight of a helicopter. 
And the helicopter lowered its ladder and said, climb aboard, we will get you to safety. And he said, no, I'm fine, the Lord will save me. And soon the waters swept him away. And he found himself in heaven and he was furious. He went up to God and said, I have been a faithful person my entire life. I was faithful up until the end. I was confident that you would save me. And God said, I sent two boats and a helicopter. What else do you want me to do? I could think of no other way to start this sermon than with that old joke because it is so true. So often it is difficult for us to see God being active in our life. They say that God works in mysterious ways and they say that because it is true. God works in awesome ways in subtle ways, in mysterious ways, in hidden ways. And so often it's difficult for us to tell how God is working in our life at any given time. In the same way, it's difficult to tell when God is speaking to us. We like to think that God always sounds like Charleston Heston. Or maybe like Morgan Freeman. But maybe God sometimes sounds like the nanny, Fran Drescher. We don't know how God sounds. God sounds different ways at different times. And God speaks to us in different ways. And if we go through life with a preconceived notion of how God calls to us, we are going to miss that call. That almost happens in, to Samuel in today's reading. Samuel is but a boy mentoring under Eli. And as a young apprentice, his job is to sleep in the same room as the Ark of the Covenant. And he's lying down on his mat and God calls to him, Samuel, Samuel. And he hears this call. But understandably, he thinks it must be Eli, his old mentor. And he gets up and he runs to Eli. Maybe Eli's fallen. Maybe Eli has an epiphany, something to share with him. Maybe Eli has a task for him. He says, here I am, for you have called me. And I think it's powerful that he said that, but we have to realize he's saying it to the wrong person. Here I am, for you have called me. And Eli says, I, I haven't called you. Go back and lay down. So Samuel goes back to his room, goes back to the mat, lays down. And as he lays there in the darkness, he hears again, Samuel. And he gets up and he runs again to Eli. Here I am, for you have called me. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go lie down. So he goes and lies down. And a third time he hears, Samuel. Samuel. And he gets up and rushes to Eli. Only this time Eli has realized that it might be the Lord speaking to him. So he says, go back, lie down, and if you hear the voice calling to you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel almost didn't hear God's call. He mistook it for someone else. One of my favorite aspects of Reformed theology that both the Presbyterian Church and the United Church of Christ belong to is the idea of vocation. And vocation, the word, comes from the Latin word vocare, which means calling. And it's the idea that we are all called to serve God, no matter where we might find ourselves. 
That's the difference between a vocation and a job. In a vocation, we serve God. Whether we're a teacher, a nurse, a trash collector, a government employee, a pastor, no matter what we are called to do, we are called to serve God where we find ourselves. God has given us certain talents, certain skills, certain abilities. And we are to use those gifts no matter what vocation we're called to. No matter what career we're in. We can find a way to serve God. To share God's love. To be God's people. This morning we had our our children, youth, and family appreciation breakfast. And we recognize those who've helped with Christian education, helped with the children, youth, and family, and those who have helped with seeds throughout the year. And anyone who's at that breakfast or was not able to make that breakfast but helped out, I'd like you to ask you to sit, stand now. I want to thank each of you people for, for you have heard God's call and have answered it. You've heard God calling you to help out with the children, youth, and families, with the Christian education, with the, the SEEDS program, and you've answered that call. Friends, God calls to each and every one of us. God calls to you. Maybe God is calling you to provide food for SEEDS or for the crisis center. Maybe God is calling you to sing in the choir or to play an instrument and share in the special music. Maybe God is calling you to help those who are less than you or are not as privileged as if you through the mission trip or through Christmas in April. Maybe God is calling you to help out with Bowie Fest or with the art and music camp. Maybe God is calling you to serve on the board or to serve on one of the committees. Maybe God is calling you to help maintain the facilities, to power, uh, spell check or, or, or proofread the, the PowerPoints, to work the soundboard. Maybe God is calling you to help out in some way that we haven't even thought of. Maybe you have that tickle in the back of your mind. Maybe you have that tug on your heart and you know God is calling you to something. Because God is calling you to something. God is calling to each of you. But discerning what God is calling us to could be a difficult thing. And we can turn to Samuel for some assistance in figuring this out. And we see three ways in which we can help to understand God's call in our lives. First, we see that we need to pay attention. That we need to listen for God. In football, there's something called home field advantage. And it's when a team gains an advantage by playing at home because the home crowd is so loud that the opposing team has trouble hearing the calls. The Seattle Seahawks and uh, Kansas City Chiefs are both known for this. They have actually both been in the Guinness Book of World Records for being the loudest crowd ever, and there's a competition going back and forth. The Seattle Seahawks fans were once so loud that they actually registered on the Richter sale. Now imagine a quarterback in the midst of all that noise trying to hear the call or trying to communicate the call to his wide receivers, his tight ends, his offensive line. 
It gives the home team quite an advantage. And just like that quarterback, we need to learn to tune out all that noise. We need to block out all the outside noise that comes with work, with school, with uh, games, with housework, with paying bills, that comes with life. And we need to listen for God's call. I was really impressed and a little disappointed that the children got to calls within two guesses with the phone on what it's used for. Because a smartphone is a perfect example of this. Because you can keep your calendar, you can get on Facebook, you can send emails, you can play Candy Crush, you can do, listen to music, you can do so many other things that you forget that you can communicate with it. And that's what we need to do. We need to pay attention. We need to block out all the outside apps, all the outside noise, and open ourselves to listen for God. And we do this through prayer, we do this through meditation, we do this through fasting, we do this through reading Scripture, whatever your spiritual practice might be. The next thing we learn is, by looking at Samuel's call is that calls are discerned in community. That we can't discern a call by ourselves. The Presbyterian system of the ordination is the perfect example of this. When I first felt called to ministry, I went to the session or the board of the church where I was a member and told this to them. And they endorsed me. And then I went to the Committee of Pre- on Preparation for Ministry, which walked me through the ordination process for the next three years. Once I'd completed all the hoops and tests and jumped through everything and been to seminary, then the presbytery where I was called as a whole questioned me on the floor of presbytery and then affirmed that I was called. When I felt that God might be calling me here to serve at UPV, first the PNC affirmed that call, and then I went to the Committee on Ministry in the Presbytery here, and finally you, the congregation, voted that, yes, we think he is called to serve as our pastor. Call is affirmed in community. Samuel would have never heard God's call if it weren't for Eli. The disciples would have never affirmed God's call if it weren't for Jesus. Time and again, we see that call is affirmed in community. That we lean on others to say, yes, God is calling you to this. So when we believe God is calling us, we need to go to people we trust, spiritual brothers and sisters, and have our call affirmed there. And finally, if we think God is calling us, we need to pray. Three times Samuel went to Eli. And three times Samuel said, go back to your mat. But the third time he said something different. He said, if you hear that voice again, say, speak. For your servant is listening. That's a simple, powerful prayer. Speak. For your servant is listening. Here I am, for you have called me. If you think God is calling you to something, say, speak for your servant is listening and listen for God to speak to you. Listen for what God is saying to you. Because God does have something to say to you. God is calling you to something. No matter what it is, God has a purpose for you. There's no doubt that it can be difficult to discern God's call, to hear God's voice in our life with all the outside noise going on. 
As I told the children, we see God call the people in many different ways throughout the Scripture. Through Jesus, through the burning bush, through a talking donkey. And He even called Elijah through the calm, still silence. That's where Samuel heard Him. When Samuel shut out all the outside noise. When Samuel was still quiet at the end of the day. That's when he heard God say, Samuel, Samuel. And when Samuel was hearing God's call, he had that call confirmed by his mentor, Eli. And then he went back and offered the simple prayer, Speak, for your servant is listening. And I hope that's a prayer that each of you can offer. Because God has a call. God has a purpose for each of you. Amen.